All right, well, let's get started. Um, just so I know I have it right, can you, what is your name and how do you spell it? Rick Rice, R-I-C-K-R-I-C-E. All right. Um, what is your educational background? I have a, I graduated from Pattonville High School. I have a bachelor's in economics from the University of Missouri. I have a bachelor's in computer science from Lindenwood University. Two bachelors. Nice. What is your occupation at the moment? Business owner. And I do substitute teaching and para-teaching for the Prince School District. So, mostly a para. I'm at Central right now. I have been took on like a six-week stint because someone was out and they asked me if I'd do six weeks. I'm very desperate for help. Yeah. As you probably know, so so a little more than six weeks, but just about. Yeah. Um, Describe your family and do you have kids that are, were, or will be students in this district? I am a grand father so i don't have any students that are school age and uh so but we moved to the school district 21 years ago and so i have grandchildren that are in the fort zumwalt school district they don't have any in the francis hall school district nice um why are you have well i'll tell you this i have a, a a niece who has her son there, Francis Hollywood, and he's a, he's a freshman. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I have a niece at uh, Francis Howell Central. She's a freshman also. So I do have family there, but kind of, um, like I say, I'm at that age. My kids are out of college. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you running for Board of Education? Well, the most important reason is to get some financial responsibility into uh, the school district as it comes to purchasing uh, mm-hmm. construction, materials, services, and things of that nature. The second is, I wouldn't say second, third equal, is to uh, make certain that there will be an increase in property values, which with the increase in inflation which will increase revenue for the district. And I was hoping to advocate for uh, teacher salary, increase in teacher salary, driver salary, that would be bus drivers, and other staffs. And that's where I'm hoping uh, to advocate for if I get on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what suggestion, what are your priorities if you get elected? Well, it would be just that, to make sure there's proper procedures in place for purchasing, whether it's construction or new construction, the rest of the money that's left in Proposition S. And then there'll have to be another bond issue to replace the money that was used for North. So the, to finish off the list, the Proposition S list won't have enough money now. It's underfunded. So I would hope, you know, you want a seven as a board member, I hope to get a uh, collaboration to where we can put another bond issue up and finish the list of capital improvements that need to be done for the school district. Mm-hmm. 
What suggestions do you have for improvements, like for improving the district? Well, I, you know, the, the list that's there, like, for example, from a capital improvement, capital investment improvement, uh, would be just to go around and get information from the principals or the administrators who run those buildings and see what else was not on the list, on the Proposition S list, that needs to be attended to. So improvements would be, like, if you went to... Obviously, you guys are getting a state-of-the-art technology school, right? You're north, right? So mm-hmm. you're going to get that. So what you need are good teachers to fill those classrooms. You know, it's great to have the building. It's great to have the technology. But you need the teachers to teach. And you want to attract uh, good quality teachers. So so that would be that, that in and of itself, you know, raising the bar on what teachers' pay is, if, you know or maybe you don't know that the state of Missouri teachers are fifth from the bottom of uh, teacher salary. So mm-hmm. we're not even average. We're not even, you know, 25, 50 states or 45, 50. That's where our teacher salary starts. So really, that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And I consider that an improvement, actually. Well, some people consider it a tax increase, but I consider it an improvement. And it's not that much, really, from a taxpayer point of view. There's many improvements that need to be made. If you just walk around and look uh, at schools and you see physical needs, and, you know, if you look at Central, I drive up a road every day that needed a sidewalk 20 years ago there. And the kids are walking on the street to school and walking back and forth on the street to school. Uh, Not on a Proposition S list, not on anybody's list, but it's... You know, it's a good stretch of road. These kids walking up and down, it's just not safe. There's all kinds of improvements. I already go down a long list. Really, mm-hmm. but there's some of it. I could elaborate, but Yeah. I I I, I think the, the storm shelter that needs to be done at Central I mean not at Central, but at Francis Hall, the regular high school, should be done. It that is not I mean it probably won't be done now that uh, the budget's kind of out of whack for capital improvements. So that would be, I'd say that would be on the top of the list. So in case there's a storm, we want a place for the students to go and the staff to go, you know, in case that forbid a tornado comes through. So things of that nature. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the way that the district has dealt with the increase in budget for the new North High building? Well, it has to be built. Uh, so I feel what the district did had to be done. You had to go through with it. There was, if you put a halt on it, as is, as you put a halt on it, it would have increased cost even more. So, and I understand the frustration of the one of the board members wanted to put a halt to it. Mrs. Walker did, but but it had. I mean, once you've laid the foundation, literally laid the foundation for the building, you got to go through with it, even though it's going to cost an extreme amount of money, or more so than what was estimated originally. Should it? Should there are bonds? what they're called construction bonds and bid bonds and the method that they use 
to estimate the cost and start was probably it it was just flawed it, it wasn't done correctly you can't you can't say in november 2020 or was it uh when did they put the shovels in the ground 21 june may 21 when they put the shovels in the ground it was estimated to be 91 million 94 somewhere around there mm -hmm. and then and then come up with 163 167 you know five months later and say oh, you know, oh it's five months now here you go no it's not gonna be that so and there are uh people who underwrite construction bonds that you know guarantee those costs for the school district i don't know i don't know the method the exact method that they use because i'm not privy to that because i'm not on the board but I seen like for an example, last board meeting in January, and the, uh, the chief, I think it was the chief CFO or COO, uh, had put a bid forth for some work, and uh, the other two bids weren't attached to it. And one of the board members questioned him on it, like, "Yeah, you want us to approve this, but where are the other two bids that are supposed to be attached to that?" He's, and, he, and the reason he gave out was that he wasn't there. You know, I wasn't there the day they put this together and ran it up to the board. And I'm sorry, you apologize for it. But still, it's a little unethical not to have all three bids together for the board to look over. As I see it, I see it as unethical. You know, and they went ahead and approved it 7-0, whatever it was. And I, you know, I, to my mind, it doesn't come right now. I'd have to go back and look at the board meeting, which I usually you look at it on YouTube. But there, then again, though, it, that's just it. You have to have a good process in place, and you have to stick with it and be disciplined with it. You need a good purchasing manager that understands how to negotiate and lock in prices and things of that nature. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd, say, I'd say Proposition S, as it was proposed to the voters, was a little misguided initially. But what they did at the end, it had to be done. That school needs to be built, needs to get finished. Unfortunately, not at the price the taxpayers were told it was going to be done. But it is what it is, and you have to you have to finish it. Don't want to drive by and look at a foundation for the next thirty years, do you? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, some teachers have been leaving the district after everything that has happened in the past few years. What would you do to keep teachers in the district? Well, I, you know, I would incentivize them with, um, you know, better pay. I definitely put get a bond issue up for uh, to get the teachers a raise. A, I would give them more authority. Uh, I, I would ask the administration to have their backs when they're having difficulty with uh, with issues, whether it be supplies you know if they're not getting their supplies right or or if it's a student issue I, i'd have to look at it more but basically and i don't say monetary is always an answer but to incentivize the teacher more so would be uh more how would you say that lenient you know uh more personal days give them more time it will work life balance better for teachers because they do put in a lot of time I, I see teachers you know when i go to school there i see them spending their own money for things like pencils and 
I go down a list of things. I've seen them with their own pencil sharpeners. You know, they're just bringing stuff that they're paying out of their own pocket. And definitely would open a big ear to the teachers to what they need in the classroom as far as tools to teach with. So they're not bringing it from home. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things. There's just It's not just one. It's just not just one issue for the teachers. A lot, a lot of them are, you know, they... COVID took a lot of toll on them, so and there's division within the teachers how to handle that too, so but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So there you are. Monetary would be my first and then from there I'd go with supplies and definitely open an ear up, give give them uh, give them the respect that is Yeah. What role should schools play in teaching kids about things like cyber safety, sex ed, mental health, and LGBTQ? Okay, repeat that question. What role should school play, you say? Mm-hmm. What role should schools play in teaching kids about things like cyber safety, sex ed, mental health, and LGBTQ? Well, I'd say mostly... At the high school level, because you can start this, you know, at all different grade levels, secondary, primary education, elementary education. Mm-hmm. But let's just do the high school. Uh, schools should uh, have sex education for uh, for the students, and it should be, a, you know, whatever the community has in mind. Uh, as what's appropriate, so you have to have, I would say, parents, teachers, and students involved in developing a, a good sex ed education class. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and you know, you always get another committee up and you get started on it, but <laughs> you, you hope you get something good out of it. So... Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the debate about critical race theory and book banning in schools? It's kind of on my website. I don't know if you read it or not. Yeah, I did. I don't see critical race theory playing a part in the secondary education uh, as a, how would you say it, as a course. It's, it's more upper level uh, college courses. So, you know, to bring that to up as a question, I, I just don't see it as a necessary, um, how would you say, as a necessary class or nothing, shouldn't have to worry about it at, at, that, at that level of education. I mean, what teachers teach in the classroom, you, you can't police every classroom and what the teachers uh, have to say about it you know, it's, it's nothing that you turn away from. I, like, I have a degree in, let's, let's use uh, uh, let's use the computer science degree, for example. I wouldn't teach somebody theory, operating theories about operating systems and how to write software to create an operating system until I teach them how to write simple code, simple software, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Critical race theory is really like for 
it's usually mostly used in law classes in law school uh, for attorneys to use to argue with for discrimination lawsuits and things of that nature so that being said that's said book banning i mean obviously there are some books that are not appropriate for school uh secondary education or you know that, that's an obvious one but as far as having books in the school that that the administration teachers and i think the current method that francis Howell uses is fine with me student i think it's a student teachers maybe librarians i forget i read it but in the administration if they agree to a book then it should be you know it's not it's, it's not somebody on some talk show radio talk show that's going to dictate what books you can okay look and check out of the book out of the library it's going to be it's going to be a host of people that you know that are that are how you say have roots in the education system in the France House School District. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel COVID-19 has affected the district and what would you do about the current district policies should you get elected? Well, definitely shut it down for a while. Uh, so it affected it negatively, financially, obviously. So I would say... I wouldn't change anything with their policy now they, as long as nothing changes, you know, if you don't get a, another strong variant or something of that nature, I don't see a mask mandate uh, or anything like that coming down the road. It, you just have to, it looks like, looks like COVID plays, you know, over the last two years comes in waves and you have to deal with them as they come and make your mind up as you come. It's, like, it's a very hypothetical question until you're there at the time, at the moment. I think the district has done a good job with it overall. So my playbook would have been the district's playbook as far as it goes with COVID. You know, we get it, we're in classes, we clean the desk when we leave. You know, I guess, you know how the cafeteria works. You go in and a crew comes through and cleans it up. You still... You know, you still have your hand sanitizers and all the things that are necessary to keep transmission down to a minimum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I agree with what was going on with the, with the district. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, not really. Um, I'd say you could look at my website. It's a quick read for you if you want to get. Yeah, well, I, I took time to write down and spent my time really writing down my thoughts. So, other than that, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's some pretty good questions. So I appreciate your call. Yeah, thank you so much. That was great. And I did look at your website. It was very helpful. Okay. Right, good, good, good. All right, Michaela. Well, thank you well, for your time. I appreciate your call. We'll talk to you again, probably. Yeah. Have a nice weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.